0: uh it's running the light with uh, jeremy and brandon
1: so i am jeremy i am brandon all the way from detroit uh, is tina green hi uh, no one can How see it you? but jeremy did uh motion towards me when he was introducing me uh so for our everybody audience uh who can't see what's going on. That's what's going on. He looks real sad while he did it too, but he always does. So (laughs) Jeremy's being a real on brand today. I do try. I don't think I've done a set where no one is not pitied laughed once. Oh. Ooh. I do. Uh, I noticed uh, there's one local comic. He's so fun. I love him, but he's. like he'll see something like that, and I'll hear him in the crowd go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've heard him give you a couple of those before. That means I'm doing well. <laughs> it's I, lovable.
0: I want to be the comic that is sad enough, but frequent enough that when I'm not there, people wonder about my health. And that's just open micer. You want to be more than that. We had one, remember we had an older comic who would be the first on a list. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's an uncle of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh that he's not been there for months, and everyone was very, very concerned.
1: I remember that. Yeah. He's, he's still not everyone there. just adores him. Yeah. And he's he was just a staple of the mic. He would give little notebooks out to everybody. Yeah, he would make necklaces or er, bracelets for people what? and things like that I too. Never Yeah. Got a well, he only gave it to to yeah. girls. I just, I would have liked a so, bracelet. That's well, I mean, if he comes back and hopefully he does, that's what it was. But yeah, the open mic, like, I mean, some people really want to make it. He was just someone who really, he enjoyed it. And like the camaraderie, he was really good friends with the host and literally just called him to say hi sometimes and check in and tell him how he's doing. So that's who we go to to find out how he's doing it. Good.
0: Good. Um, so, uh, start with our guest. What have you done this week,
1: Tina?
2: I have, um, I have, I have not killed my teenage son, so I think I get a gold star for that because that's uh, that's that's quite an accomplishment when you're the mother of a 15 year old.
1: We'll decide. I, uh, we need to meet him before we decide if that's good or not. Oh no, Lord
0: Jesus! Some, walking around, I've been surrounded by loud kid noises all day. I can't, I can't
1: stand to listen to another kid. Yeah, today. most teens, like if their mom beat the crap out of them, I'd be like gold star for that.
3: Right? I, I yeah. sure as hell
1: deserved it. Teen boys are monsters. I avoid them on the street. I walk around. I'll cross the street to get away from teens. Teens terrify me yeah.
2: still. Yeah, teenagers in general. Well, there's a boy or a girl. They're just they're just horrific. I um, I'm gonna go to an open mic tomorrow night. I was gonna go last night, but I I ended up staying home because um, my my husband had a meeting. So, but I had a show Saturday night. I drove. You know, over three hours each way for a show up in northern Oof. Michigan. Nope. Yeah, that's by well, Escoda, you know, isn't it? It's on the other side of the state, it's on Lake Michigan, whereas Ascoa is on Lake Huron. Yeah, and um, Ascoa, Ascoa, <laughs> sound like Askoda. Sound like I'm from the from uh, the the UP. And uh, there's, so, there's such a
1: charming accent, though.
2: I yes, love a northern
1: is. accent. I swoon. The
2: north. The Northern accent. Yeah. The Northern Michigan accent. And uh Friday night I was in a show up in Flint, you know, the Flint water crisis is still mm-hmm. ongoing, but I was in a, I was in a show up near there, which is an hour away from me. So I didn't get home until late Friday night as well. So, um, but it's all good. And, uh, so this week, like I said, I'll hit that open mic tomorrow night, uh, work out a new, a new bit that I'm, I'm working on. And then of course this weekend is, is, uh, the holiday so not much is happening this weekend. And then I'll hit I think I have three things going next week. Nice. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. It's all good in the hood.
1: <laughs> Are you doing anything for the holiday? So like a barbecue um, kind of family or?
2: Well, we have a grill and I'm the grill grill master, but I don't grill very well. Like I, like all my meat turns and in, turns into like jerky. Like I'm not good at it. Like I try and then it's going well and it's going well. And then I turn my back for a second because I'm also cooking the shit on the inside of the house. And then I come back out and then it's jerky. And it's like, ah, I'm so frustrated, right? Like, it's just like I need to take a grilling class. But, and I've had my pool open for a couple weeks here, but it's been so bloody cold here in Michigan. I know you guys are where it's relatively spring like and warm. It's been pretty cold
1: um, here. Yeah, we got actually. a nasty little cold it, snap that's been yeah. real irritating.
2: Yeah. I, you know, my daughter lives. My oldest daughter, she's 31 and she lives in South Carolina and it's been like 90 degrees for a month down there. So I'm going to basically write her out of the will, you know, because she tells me every day how warm and sunny and she's complaining that she has to have her air conditioning on and want, 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 you know, and I have the heat on. They had freeze warnings, you know, here the other day. So, yeah, it's been awful. So I'm hoping the kids can get into our pool this weekend. But, you know, it- i is it like a
0: yeah. Simpsons situation where like the entire neighborhood comes out because you have a pool or is it just your kids? I don't know how families work.
2: Well, um, they they can come in our pool, but they generally go to the neighbor's pool because they have a nicer pool. They spent like bank on their pool. So they, you know, they've got a much fancier pool than we do. So plus they're friendlier. I tend to not be, I'm <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm just like, get out of here. Like, just, you know. Get the fuck out of here. Like just, okay. just chase around okay. with a
1: broom. Just
2: get, Yeah, just get the fuck out of here. Well, plus I have a big dog and she like, you know, loses her mind when like anybody comes outside within a 50 mile radius. Yeah. You know, she like starts barking. So it, it, she scares people away, which is why I have her because I really don't like people. So it's kind of helpful. So I tend to like send everybody over to everybody else's, to the neighbor's house. And then I get my pool by myself, which yeah, is that's amazing. A, you
1: get one of those <laughs> inflatable floaties with another wolf little one for your margarita and you'd
2: that's it mama's out there with her wine bottle by herself and it's oh. a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing So my son, my son is actually practicing, um, my oldest, my oldest boy, who's 22, he competes, um, in the state special Olympics, which is, uh, May 30th and June 1st. So he's got it. He's actually got to practice swimming in our pool. He goes to the gym. Yeah. So shout out to Noah.
1: Yeah. What all events does he, uh, does he participate
2: in? He does. Uh, butterfly. And then he does this race and I forget the exact name of it cause I'm a really shitty mom, but it's, um, where they do the, the four different, uh, where they do like freestyle down and then they do the butterfly back. They do the breaststroke and then they do like backstroke. They do the four different strokes. Um, the name of that—that that sounds
1: and, and, familiar. The only strokes uh, I was doing at age 15 were yeah, pretty I can't effortless. To the,
2: be I'm, honest, I can't think of the name of. It. I'm, I'm blocking the the name of the event, but that's what he does, and it's a really hard swim. But um, and it's really difficult, you know, difficult with the and the thing that really makes me mad with with the Special Olympics is that you know Noah's autistic, and so he's kind of like like Ferdinand the Bull, like he's kind of sitting off like in his own little world, la la mm-hmm. la, and you're not allowed to like help him, like hey, pay attention, go, and these other kids who are also special needs but they can pay attention they're like shot out like a, out of a cannon and swimming and yeah. you're not allowed to, to help them so i think they need to have like a special special olympics for <laughs> autistic kids where you can help them so does he have john but, cena's uh, voice
1: like ferdinand too or does he what does he have john cena's voice like ferdinand the bull
2: uh no i wish <laughs> but um <laughs>
1: So do I. I still get mistaken for a woman on the phone. Uh um, I'd no. confused for a small child on the phone. And in person. Well Yeah.
2: It's the it's the press. <laughs> it's it's the press.
1: I will work out eventually. I don't know. Yeah, we're when. gonna bully you into it. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of and work. And then we'll cheer you on when you're doing it. <sighs>
2: Well, you know, you, I don't know if you listened to that, the the audio that I sent you of the set that I just did on Friday night when yeah. I talked about my husband and I tagged it on Saturday night. I actually added a, a part in there about my, you know, cause I talked about my husband has gained weight and, and, and he's got, you know, man boobs now. And it's, and that gives <laughs> women great pleasure when men actually get man boobs. Cause you know, um, especially at my age. Right. And then I, I mentioned how now I can motorboat him. Like I didn't realize I was going to be able to. <laughs> and that was the joke that I did say at night. Like I, he would love it if he knew that I was saying this, that, that I was talking oh, no, about him <laughs> like that. Listen, listen, man boobs to women are just, it's just great. Cross yeah. women, it's for right, ladies? It's great, man boobs, right? It's great. So... So I did kiss him goodbye. I'm not that much of a bitch. I mean, I am a bitch, but I did kiss him goodbye. And then I shut the bathroom door. And then I opened it back up again because again, I am a bitch. And I said, not gonna lie. And I and I and I opened it back up and I said, honey, I was thinking this weekend that maybe we could go shopping together. He goes, Yeah? I go, yeah, for bras. <laughs> yes, I did.
3: Mike drop
1: that shit. Shut the door. I don't. I don't know if I know a single woman who doesn't love boobs, though. I think boobs are very universal. Like everyone just—they're great, and everyone loves the hell. I know, like a lot of my gay friends love boobs. Everyone loves boobs. Something about them. I don't know. It's God's perfect creation. So I mean, good for him right. for equalizing himself a little bit. There, giving you, you know. something. Yeah, oh you meant you meant you meant her husband not god i'm sorry yeah I, okay <clears throat> i don't i was just yeah. thinking about god being in the great equalizer well i mean just in general like that's just something everybody loves we all that's true we all have that in common let's end the wars we all have boobs <laughs> we all love it. boobs we don't all have boobs i'm gonna i'm gonna let that be your transition of what have you done this week brandon uh worked out a bunch because some of us like to uh to work out Jeremy. Uh I did go see John Wick on Saturday. Uh John Ooh. Wick three. I give that a thousand stars out of ten. Uh anytime you see someone murdered with a book is oh, actually, that <sighs> cool. that's very A plus. That's no how it started spoilers. I've not no seen spoilers. any John Wick, but uh, spoiler cool. alert anything in his hands he uses to murder somebody. Oh, it's God, it's I love, amazing. I
2: love these movies. I love. First of all, I would tap that guy so hard. I'm not even going to lie. I Keanu? love Keanu. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. He's supposed to be a decent human being, but Keanu, there's something about him. And I love the John Wick movies anyways, and I have not seen the latest installment. So do not tell me any spoilers because I will kill you.
1: Well, John Wick's <laughs> with interesting because you'll, you'll watch the whole movie, and it's one of the best things you'll ever see. But you don't really remember it when you're done. It's just a wild like blur of perfect fights and like the story's not complicated like, uh, but die hard it's amazing ed i like it more than die hard that's that's a it's a high bar and i think okay. it meets it
2: how's Halle berry Halle berry's in this one correct
1: yeah i was ready what? to not really be into it because i thought ruby rose in the last one was so perfect uh oh, and
2: she's hot and i'm straight oh my god and she's she is. Hot, right? She's hot. Like I'm straight and I'm thinking like, you know what? Maybe I'm not as straight as I thought I was. Next level. She's
1: very androgynous though. Right? Yeah. Very good eyebrows. I got a real thing for eyebrows, but Haley Berry, like I was like, you can't match that up. And I, I wouldn't say she was as good as Ruby Rose, but very good. Very good. Just like, Great fight scenes with her too. She's it's it's just such a good movie. Jeremy hasn't seen any of them yet. He doesn't work out and he doesn't <sighs> watch John Wick movies. I, I don't watch a lot yeah. of movies.
0: I've been trying to get my. I live next to uh, the new Alamo and I want to use that as an excuse to watch a lot more movies. But the only movie I've been excited to see is Detective Pikachu and Godzilla.
1: All right, <laughs> all right, my well- child. <laughs> Well, I don't well, really want okay. to transition into what you did this week. You sound real boring. No, I'm just kidding. I read, all I did was see a movie.
0: So I'm, I, uh, I ended up reading, I got kind of excited. I was like kind of drunk buying stuff on Amazon. And I found there was a uh, novelizations of a bunch of NES games in the eighties that just play it fast and loose and go fucking everywhere. And they had one for Mega Man two. And I was like, I'm going to buy it. And at work, I just read a children's book from the nineties and it was bonkersly bad apparently you get cloned and turned into a human and everything is done in like a sentence and nothing goes anywhere and it was a blast and i have a bunch of friends that just want to read it but don't want to buy it so i'm going to probably turn it into an unofficial audiobook since it's only 70 pages and just send it out that sounds i mean it sounds fun it is I like stupid fun shit i love stupid fun shit i also bought the muppets the muppet show and watched a bunch of muppets this week. I mean, they're timeless. They are they oh, forever. The They'll Muppets. be around forever. <laughs> it is amazing, especially early season Muppets because clearly they didn't have a voice yet. Like both literally and figuratively. Fozzie had this like really gruff kind of John Wayne voice and his gimmick was going to be that he can smile and frown. Uh, and that just didn't go anywhere. So they decided to just make it so that he can wiggle his ears and tell very bad jokes in a nasally voice. Uh, and Gonzo, has this like apparently story arc where he's just this sad, starving artist who will do do things like eat a tire to the flight of the bumblebees
1: and goes fucking nowhere. So Tom Green, yes, uh, he was Tom Green before Tom Green. Pretty much, it's amazing. Did you see,
2: did you see the Mike Berbiglia joke where he talks about the Mike the uh, the Muppets? No, I don't think I've. I've never, have, I don't also me, I've,
0: never listened to Berbiglia.
2: Oh my! Okay, I now may first have, of all, write, but it may write not that down. <laughs> I will. You need to watch. You need to watch the Mike Birbiglia specials. But the last one, I think it says "Thank God for Jokes," and he does. Uh, because uh, he usually is pretty clean. But he's a brilliant writer. He's kind of along the lines of, you know, how Gary Goldman is fairly clean, but yeah. but but an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike Ber- Berbiglia does a joke and he talks about the Muppets. And it's the one time that he actually swears and he says the F-bomb. But it's the, the setup to it is so funny and it's just hilarious. Yeah, you would like Mike Birbiglia. He's one of my favorite comics. Oh, um, yeah, he's it's really funny and it's just so it's it's it, I'm just I was crying watching it. So yeah, especially if you love the Muppets, you'll you'll enjoy that you'll enjoy that joke.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and Huller, heckle Fozzie, and then they they introduce me, which is an insane precedent for hecklers. This idea that if a heckler defeats the comedian, they're somehow in charge of the show. <laughs> It's like if a streaker ran of the baseball field, and they just threw him in the mitt. They're like, third base, you know. And, and, oh, I don't have a uniform. And, uh... So they introduced me, and they're mean, right? That's, like, their whole game. So one of them goes, this next guy walks in his sleep. Oh, yeah? I like sleeping during his act. Ha! <laughs> Please welcome Mike Birbiklia! And I jog out on stage, and I'm so flustered by being pre-heckled by these surreal puppets that I forgot to bring my stool on stage, and I get to the center, and I look around, and I go, ah, fuck! (laughs) I'll tell you who doesn't like the word fuck. People who have purchased tickets... To see the Muppets
1: <laughs> and the Muppets. Yeah, he's a he's a storyteller too, and that's what. Yeah, like he's just so good at it. Kind of like Patton Oswalt is so yeah. good at it, where yeah. they can just tell a story. This is what went on, and Tig Notaro is another good.
0: really good example of
1: that. Yeah, but Tig's got something so unique to her voice <sighs> that that makes it. Seeing her live was one of the hardest. I've laughed at a set. Tig Notaro is one of those comics
0: that I love. I never like, I never sometimes like laugh like, ha ha ha. It's more like, eh, this is really good. And I'm just happy. Like I'm just happy listening to Tig. And that's why I love storyteller comics like her yep. and Patton Oswald. Yeah, and
1: she's so good live. Uh, I think the I'm
0: only, to see that
1: the life. best person I've ever seen live locally here in Omaha, at least uh, is probably Rory Scovel. Mm. And I just watched him do 45 minutes, almost nothing rehearsed. Mark Bono is my favorite in yeah, Omaha. He's, that was when he did a he did a joke where he
0: said, "Kind, we're gonna do some Mad Libs." He did that on Jimmy Kimmel. He too. He did do that on yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. And that's why that's why I'm referencing it. So you can look it up on uh, online. But he, I love things where he, the audience gets to be kind of in control, and that was the best I've ever seen in Omaha. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, speaking of Jerry Goldman, have you listened, have you been reading up on the, uh, Jerry Goldman, uh, um, advices? Uh,
2: yeah. And I've been writing them down in a notebook. I got a little behind, I got about 10 behind. So I was writing them down in my notebook today. I still have to get caught up, but I've been writing them all down. I know it's my OCD here, but, hear, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I find them very helpful. And, uh, cause I, I loved, I actually met him. Was it a year ago? He came. To, he came to Royal Oak by us about a year ago, and I went to see him. And then you know he comes out and does a meet and greet afterwards, mm-hmm. and so we got to meet him. And he was just very nice. Yeah, you know, I just I I love him. I just think he's he's just a really gifted you know joke writer. I just I think he's very good, and I don't know why he's not getting more attention.
1: Yeah, it's some of the most you know? precise delivery on some of the most clever material I have ever heard from anybody and anyone who's yep. a comic or does any kind of comedy that's been in it for a while knows him pretty well, I think yeah. or should yep. uh, just cause watching a set is like a lesson on yeah. set. that yep. does every, that does as much as going to 20 open mics. It's just so good. Less painful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think he's very good. I, I would, you know, I, I, yeah, I would go watch him every single time. I didn't get to see him this year when he came to town. I, forget, I think we were out of town, but, um, I really wanted to see him cause I know he's doing the new, the new tour right now, the depressed tour. And I yeah. really wanted to see it cause it's all new material. And I'm like, Oh, I really wanted to see it. But yeah, I just, he's a mensch. I really, I really like him. His, his so. state
1: capital bit is one of my favorite of all time.
2: Oh, it is. It's classic. It's
1: unbelievable. Oh, Dottie. I was in tears. Yeah. <laughs> old old Dottie. Oh, my. Oh, she's a spark plug. That Dotty. Okay. Uh, I, I can't read. I'm not going to try and retell any of this joke because it's don't. too good. Uh, yeah. So, speaking, speaking of good joke writing
0: or presence, I guess we should talk about uh, Ellen Gen. Ellen Generous is uh, relatable, which is what we picked for today. And you, there's only one of us who is like over enthusiastically uh, loving of this. I, I would say that I liked it very, very much. I was uh, uh, lukewarm at best, annoyed at most at some of it.
2: I, I, I mix. I, you know, yeah. cause I have a love hate relationship with Ellen and I just, you know, it, it's yeah. All right. So who's going to go first?
1: I mean, I can, Thank I you. can talk about what <laughs> I loved about it. I, uh, I mean, it's, uh, number one, it's Ellen. Uh, I remember a few years ago I worked in this building, uh, and there was a break room and there was a TV. And I was, I'd always watched Ellen's show because I was just what was on at the time. And one day someone came into the room and said, can I change this? And I'm like, I guess. And he goes, yeah, I just hate her. And I'm like, oh no, you don't. Nobody does. Get, you can get the fuck out. You can go eat your lunch on the ground outside. Nobody hates Ellen. <clears throat> so I'm already sort of pre-sold on it. Right. Because it's Ellen. I loved her special about 15 years ago. I thought that was really good. Taste this. I, uh is that what it was called? I'm the worst with. It's the only one I can think of, but, but yes. Uh some of the jokes sort of fell flat and it started off a little bit slow, but I liked that she was actually telling jokes and she had some very good jokes in there and she was able to she waited until the end to really delve into something a little bit more serious and talk yeah. about her career and what yeah. happened and uh accepting people, but she really just told good jokes in between and the reason that I think I love it a little extra that gave it a boost is because this was right after all of the Nanette stuff. And I was so goddamn sick and tired of hearing about Nanette. Uh, So for those, for those who may not know. (laughs) So Nanette did a special, I can't remember what the special was called, but basically she talked about being a lesbian in Australia and the struggles with it. Oh yeah. Uh, It wasn't funny really, uh so I when I watched it, I thought of it as more of a one woman show, yeah, I so thought it, it was good, but I didn't think it was funny, and I didn't really think of it as a stand up special as much as a show, but it was put out there as a stand up special, and Netflix did that thing where it massively over advertised it and set standards. They really got the bird box treatment mm-hmm. and so what wound up happening is there is this weird war on social media where people either said that they loved it so much, which no one really did, but they had to say it. Or people would be like, I didn't like it or I don't care. And then they would butt heads and have to fight on the Internet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I hated hearing about it. I didn't understand why anyone had strong opinions or people had opinions where they said that they didn't have to have opinions. But it turned into this big fight where it was just like, who could be the better social justice warrior? But it was just people sounding off. They were standing on soapboxes. So to have. This special come out just a couple months later and really be funny at least to yeah, me. No, there's uh, some really funny jokes in here. It's the material I like and it's yeah. very clean. Uh, one f bomb and I thought it was very well played. It was, it was great. Right. That, that joke was also very well written. Yeah, I think it's very it sweet, right. too. Like the title, it was relatable and yeah. it was uh, it was sort of a relief to me. And I also I do like hearing about that stuff. I've had my own queer battles in my life and i like hearing about other people's i like Mm -hmm. finding out what their experiences were that were negative and i like hearing it talked about positively because some of the stuff that i've tried to write jokes about i can't do positively so you're also just a platform where you can
0: yeah yeah you're just a bummer of a person
1: exactly (laughs) uh i do have pretty dark stuff but uh You know, one of the things that I really wanted to write jokes about, and actually one of the local comics here kind of got called out by another person. Um, I'm not going to say who or anything, but it was, people have strong opinions about both of these people, but the criticism was appropriate, I thought, which was that it's not okay for a straight woman uh, to go on stage and talk about how she's an ally and talk about how she was fighting with someone who was homophobic and end the set by saying, I hope... Your son is a fag. It's like, yeah, that's not, you don't get to say that. Yeah,
2: you don't get to say that. I agree.
1: Yeah. And so, part of what I think a lot of people notice if you're a, a queer man is a lot of straight women, especially if you're bisexual or pans like me, where They, they love to call themselves fag hags and whatever, and just like really leech off of the personality of their gay friends uh, and talk about how much they love gay people, but be very rejecting to buyer pans Mm -hmm. because I think in the end, it's still seen as some level of perversion. And I used to talk myself out of that by thinking, well, they, you know, we like women too, and men are dogs and that's, you know, I get that, but it's like that, that's not how straight men are treated though. So why is it just like queer men? And so I tried to like lift it up a little bit, make it kind of funny. And every time I tried it, it was just like, I was pissed off. Right. So to have someone talk about it very positively and talk about really bad shit, Mm -hmm. I think that was, along with the non-joke parts, was a big part of what I liked. I liked the stuff afterwards too. I love watching middle-aged women just, die and melt is they, when they were getting to talk to her and she I, mean, yeah. I was just so that excited yet, Actually, it that was, was just the, 10 minutes yeah it, was, yeah it was beautiful I loved it people were so yeah. happy and it was it was positive and sometimes I, I, I just like the upkick that that special yeah. gave me so that that's what made me really enjoy it that's uh
0: and you guys all feel free to chime in when I talk. That's that's what I've liked about the special, like when she was talking, mm-hmm. especially stuff that was maybe more so about her life. I granted, mm-hmm. I know I'm not the target audience of a special like this. Well, I think it was meant to be pretty universal.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, like you're, a, you're, a, you're not a dickhead, and I I'm think not. that made it meant for you. <laughs> I can live with that. But uh, it's like when she was talking about
0: like just her life or even the stuff about like the little jokes about her being rich. I think one of my favorite Mm. jokes was saying, I like using every little bit of the toothpaste and it's not about the money. Obviously. And I think that's just funny. That's cute. When it's about her specifically, it's amazing. Even like the, Hey, talk to your doctor about gay. It was fun. It was, was it was great. The, her ending jokes, uh, even those step ladder joke stuff that just pertains to her life observational amazing mm. what I hated I've or, heard that stepladder joke like so different know I know, I movies, know <laughs> but I love that version of it
3: the ladder is an adult purchase if you really think about it no you don't buy a ladder when you're a teenager you buy a ladder when you're an adult when you have a house and the bigger the house the more ladders I have a lot of ladders I have um <laughs> I have a six foot, I have an eight foot, I have the extension, the 20 foot aluminum and uh, and when I married Portia, she had a little ladder, so I have a step ladder, but I love it just the same. I do.
0: It's, no, it's a street joke. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's adorable and it makes me happy every time. Um, but what I don't like is when there were certain jokes, especially like in the middle, jokes like uh, the dancing joke, mm-hmm. the the um, Uh, really oh god what's it called you get a pet because you're anxious Um, oh yeah uh, service animals oh yeah service service animals yeah yeah. Like basically the middle 20 minutes when it's not about her life in the beginning which was great I loved that and it's not the ending where she ties it all really well together it's that middle part where it's kind of she
1: does go to a few paths
0: to nowhere it goes it feels like she has great ideas and concepts that don't She doesn't take it to that next logical step. It's what I hate about observational comedy. It's pointing out this is a thing, like the junk drawer joke. Hey, Mm -hmm. she's pointing out things in the junk drawer, but the joke doesn't go anywhere. It's also so wide of a net that they feel very generic Mm -hmm. or safe. And hey, this is my happy birthday fist is not something that I know. But it's funny because of how she said it and whatnot. But her personality yeah. and her body language, amazing. Like when mm-hmm. she does the waiter that's trying to remember something.
3: Oh, my God. I have so much anxiety. I don't know why they insist on doing it. Like they're impressing us in some way. You know, like we're going to go home later that night lying in bed talking. I still can't get over that waiter. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Every single thing he remembered. Oh. Get the green beans, I thought about that too, on the side and good night. If I see they're not going to write it down, I'd say, do you mind if I write it down and give it to you and then you take it in the kitchen? Is that okay? Because I'd like it to come out right.
1: Yeah, and it, that, that joke—that's a great joke. Oh, it's
0: perfect. But it goes to its logical extreme. It stays there, and she lets the idea fucking finish. Mm. And I love it.
2: Right and I would like to have seen her like push it a little further and I think that that's where I get frustrated with her because she starts out with a really good idea like like the waiter going around the table and taking everybody and not writing it down and how you know how you get like so anxious over that because they're not writing it down and they you know they're going to fuck it up but then she never like the 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 anxiety is building but she never like loses her shit like again that's not her personality but Mm -hmm. i would like to see her lose her fuck shit because you know ellen degeneres loses her fucking shit sometimes right so because she i think that's what bothers me is like give me a little more honesty like you're trying to be a little honest by saying hey people are getting upset with you because you've got money now and, and that's why you're making all of these little jokes about, you know, scooting across your big ass bathroom and talking about your butler and you're trying to, you know, be a little clever about that. But give me a little more honesty, like show me the Ellen DeGeneres that actually loses her fucking shit because nobody's writing this shit down. Like show me the Larry David Ellen DeGeneres, right? You know what I mean? Like, because that's the kind, that's what I want to see. It I don't feel know
0: sterile. No, it, it felt some of it felt sterile. I think the best example to me was the dancing jokes. Like you have a great idea of they illuminated a small square on the stage. Right. And basically the premise is in everyone's head is if she doesn't stand on that, she can't dance. But what it turned into is Ellen is known for dancing. We're going to put a literal spotlight on her so she can dance. And now we're done.
2: And I then didn't she see bitched, that
1: so much as I, that's, that. That's I what it felt like know. me, but that might just yeah. be me. But that's also very on brand, that kind of thing. It is. Like that's, I've seen her do things like that before. So that. But then she bitched
2: later me. about dancing. Then yeah. she bitched later about everybody wanting her to dance. And it's like, well, what, what you just, you just performed like a trick pony for us. Like, you know, again, I, I loved Ellen and, and I. I I, I do appreciate her speaking out for LGBTQ. I I mean I do I do get that. And I and I'm wondering if the reason she doesn't push the envelope and talk more about things because I just watched the Wanda Sykes special as well. And Wanda like blasted, you know, with like you know, a bunch of political stuff at the very beginning. And Wanda Wanda's not afraid to like push the envelope. Mm. I'm wondering if Ellen plays it safe because she did lose everything. Right. And she's afraid to not push the envelope because, y- yes, she does talk about being gay. And yes, she does talk about losing everything. But she doesn't say she doesn't carry that one step further and say, hey, you know what? Like it was wrong for them to say this, you know, to do that to me. And then and then you know what I mean? And like push it a little bit further. And now, bitches, look what I've got now. And you know what I mean? Like take it like the next step. She doesn't do that. She stays in a very safe zone.
1: She's doing that very safely while criticizing people for not coming out when she did. And it's like you're, it's not like you're really, as she did at the time, that was incredible. I remember her right, doing I that because do we're a little older. So I remember her coming out on the show. I remember my yep. mom was a big fan. We were a very conservative family. I grew out of that. Uh helps when your parents die and then you don't have to worry about <laughs> there just it. There it is. Uh, 37 minutes in. That's too bad. I was hoping to get it in the first 10, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, so. I remember her doing that. And then the show sort of, rev- because it was her, life on the show. And she came out on the show. uh, I remember we stopped watching because my mom was like, well, it's just all about being gay now. And at the time I was like, yeah, it's all about being gay. You know, they do talk about it a lot. And then you grow up and you realize when you watch other shows that almost every sitcom revolves around boys and girls chasing each other. Yeah. And the only difference is it was girl and girl. And that made it, made it different. So now you noticed that and yeah it, i didn't think uh, one now thing who that, cares like now will and grace is like fuck it we'll do whatever the hell we want yeah and came back pretty good too yeah no this the new season was pretty good i think ellen's biggest strength
0: and what <laughs> carried me to the special was that ellen is just such a positive light like she realizes right. she can't she can't be the miss i mean which is great premise i would have loved to have seen it gone further that's where i think she should have blown up was when she was talking about she's stuck being nice but i love that the one swear word was over socks i think that was just it's silly it's fun the purpose of the joke wasn't her swearing but like she's such a positive light and to see in other ways would be like if you saw oprah like lose her shit
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like like when she said, I mean, she did kind of touch on it that she can't be mean, like when she's driving and if she starts to get angry in the car, she can't be mean because everybody knows her as being nice. And I think it would have been nice to hear her own that a little more and say, but you know what? Sometimes I do lose my shit. And sometimes I'm just like... Fuck you. Like, that would have been great because I think people would have like I would have like appreciated her being a little more honest and be like, I just lost my shit in the car because some hat cut me off. And then I realized, holy shit, after I just said all that, I'm Ellen DeGeneres. I can't do that. You know what I mean? And then I had to give him a Shutterfly fucking card like that's That would have been hilarious. You know, it would but, have
1: only taken one really like yeah. are you still you go into that you're like this is Ellen she is the nicest person on the planet that's w-. so one would have been enough to like cover yeah. that yeah completely but although you I know
2: would, she does
1: I would pay a lot
0: of money to see Ellen yell at one kid yeah I would
2: too. oh those kids because you know those kids on her show like because I, I watch her show like every day right like I, I watch a, a great show yeah like I watch her show every day and some of those kids on her shows are complete and total fuck assholes some of them are cute but some of those kids on her shows are, are, are like like really like I would punch that kid in the face if it was my kid like I just oh get that kid out of here just shut the hell up you're not that cute oh my god so yeah I just you would love to see Ellen but she's never gonna say that because you know this is her bread and butter and you know she gives away all that money and you know you just it would be nice to see her like just be a little more raw, a little more honest. But again, now she's kind of tied in. But it would be nice to see her. And the other thing that irritates me, like last, like during the presidential election, you know, when all the candidates were out stumping, she kept having Hillary on her show, you know, and mm-hmm. she wouldn't have Bernie and she wouldn't have some of the other candidates. Like she's already had Buttigieg on her show already. And I don't know if she's had any of the other candidates out there. So it'd be nice to see her be a little more honest, um, about this kind of stuff too. Like if you're going to be stumping, like, be honest about this. I don't know. I mean, what, what do I know? But I just, I you know, cause she's got, she's got a big following and it just,
1: yeah. And it like, it, you know, it, it would make I uh, like Pete Buttigieg. It makes sense. He's a handsome gay Southern <laughs> He's Southern? brilliant mayor. Yeah. Uh, oh, Illinois, kind of. the South, I mean, isn't it? uh, Indiana. It
2: from Indiana. Oh, yeah. Indiana.
1: Did I say Illinois. Uh, but he, Indiana- uh, Indiana- Indiana- uh is- like it's a little too obvious if he's the only one, <laughs> uh, get Elizabeth Warren on there and, and get oh. Bernie Sanders. You just, she doesn't need Biden, but uh, like get, get the lovable ones. <laughs> can I, can I ask you, I want to do a quick litmus test. Cause
0: I know what, well, based on our thoughts on the comedy special, I want to take a weird litmus test. Uh, Tina, do you like observational comedy, especially '90s observational comedy?
2: Well, I mean, I I do like, like for example, Seinfeld would be like an observational comedy yeah. comic, you know. So I do like Seinfeld, um, for example, and I do like, and I do like Ellen, you know, you know. I I mean, I I do like different types of comics. Um, that being s- s- said, I do prefer more. Of the storyteller type, like the Gary Coleman, like the Microbiglia, right. like Pat Oswalt, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's there's more, I think that's it's harder to do to keep the, the attention and then tag it back to a joke that you just told 45 minutes, you know, um, earlier. ago, yeah, earlier, um, you know, and that's you know, and I and I tend to be more of a storyteller type, you know, I tend to tell longer jokes than that, um, but you know, I love Dave Chappelle. I mean, that kind of stuff. So it's just harder for me, you know? Yeah. Brandon, yeah. Do you
1: like observational comedy, especially nineties observational comedy? Uh, I do like nineties, but I like, I like the observational comedy that kind of came out of it. Like uh, Dimitri Martin, that turned it on its head a little it. bit and sort of made it face itself to where it was these weirder, obvious, right. The observations. And I don't like
0: observational comedy. I may, I like Dimitri Martin. Mm. But I do as much as I respect Seinfeld and Alan, I don't like. I, I prefer
1: storytelling yep. type. I prefer things like uh, I'd much rather listen to like David Tell. I was to say like Just Jeff Tell or blow my tits off than Jerry Seinfeld make me kind of chuckle. Yeah, it's no. it's very y when you get observation. That's
0: what it, it. Reminded me like a lot of this special reminded me of like I think I heard Jay Leno say something kind of like yeah. this. It reminded me of a Leno bit, and I don't like Leno. Um, I respect Leno. I do. He was a hard ass worker. He, when he was, and then his jokes weren't funny. Like it's a shame, isn't it? Some of his early <laughs> stuff was really clever. I thought, like tonight, we're we saying before tonight show because I yes. before tonight when show, he was, was a stand up, yeah, comic. No, I, that was way before my time, and I have yet to look into it. That was before my time, but I still.
1: How old are you then? 36. Too old. Got it.
2: (laughs) Well, I would say that, I mean, recently, you know, with the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, um, you know, with Leno, he's the only one who hasn't apologized for dragging Monica Lewinsky through the mud and making her out to be the bad guy with the whole, you know, Bill Clinton thing.
1: I like that that Um, was called out.
2: Right. And that, yeah, Yeah. I mean, John Oliver really tore his, him a new asshole on that. And And, I mean, I love John Oliver. He looks back
1: at himself too and he... He pointed out, yeah. he put up a, yeah. a clip of, this is where I put He too. did a
0: lot less than.
1: Yeah. His was just a stupid. 10 years graphic. later. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we can, I mean, pretty much anyone that was old enough to yeah. know what was going on at the time could probably look back and be like, I was a real piece of shit. Everyone's made. Everyone I was in like was like fifth old grade, enough. but it was like, I was still
0: a real piece of shit. I'm sure. Yeah. I was three years before being born and I had said some really shitty Monica Lewinsky yeah. jokes. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I was glad that John Oliver owned that. And I, and that piece that he did on that was really good. I mean, I, I just, I think John Oliver, Oliver is just brilliant. Um, yeah. I and, think that's uh, maybe
1: the best late night show since John Stewart left the daily show. John, Man, the B's pretty good too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's good too. Uh, I recently saw Trevor Noah. He came to Detroit and I went to see him uh, last month. he he did this one joke. It was really funny. He was talking about Trump. And then he's like, everybody wants to get, you know, Trump impeached. And he's like, listen, you got to remember if Trump gets impeached, then we have Mike Pence. And he's like, the thing you got to remember about Mike Pence is that it's like, it's like being in a horror movie. And he's like, you're all alone in the house and you're bending over the sink and you're washing your face and you look up After washing your face and you look up in the mirror and you see somebody standing behind you, a horrible figure standing behind you, because, you know, that horrible figure is that's Mike Pence. And I literally I was laughing so freaking hard because you know made this you know fig- like this gesture like the guy like grabbing your neck right mm. and i started laughing so fucking hard because it's true right because everybody forgets about pence um he's a you know, cause he's, he's
1: a real piece of shit like we look <laughs> back at w like he's he's a golden god now because it, the standard has fallen so much i mean hopefully you stan- don't but <laughs> no
0: i miss i miss the only thing I miss about Bush is I kind of miss the jokes at Bush's expense. Like, I miss the impersonation. I miss, I miss not thinking lot. about
1: the president. I miss
0: yeah,
2: I thinking that, about it right? once or
0: twice a week. But then right? again, 2001, I was in first grade. So, like, it's different.
2: It's just, it's different. These are different times now. But yeah. but Trevor Noah did a nice job with his with his stand up. I thought he did a nice, it was a good show. And, uh, so he does a pretty good job, you know, on the late night desk as well. But uh, I, I do prefer, I thought John Oliver, I think John Oliver does the best out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. It is
1: kind of fun to see someone who performs something different, go back to stand up. Michael Che, like we're yeah. seeing him on weekend update and then he, his special came out and I laughed so hard. Uh, one of the, the only good trans jokes I've ever heard came out of that set. Uh, and the, the premise was, uh, how he didn't understand why people got so offended at the word tranny. He's like, I don't like, what's the problem with tranny? It's just trans, but tranny. And he said, one of his friends was like, okay, blackie. And he's like, oh, get it. I get it. Yep. <laughs> that's, I understand now. And it was just, it was clever and it was in the right voice, but it, like he wasn't being very, like he wasn't being careful about his words. He just told very funny jokes. Cause I don't like weekend update right now at all. Oh, that's, but, so uh, like, that's the only part of us all I like. No, I don't. I like when they read each other's jokes. That's literally it. And they only do yeah, that it, once a year.
2: Yeah, it just yeah. depends. Although Leslie on um, when Leslie Jones came out and did her, you know, dressed in the Handmaid's Tale yeah. outfit and just thought about that was good. That was
1: I like a lot of that. those things. I love uh, Kate McKinnon's Ruth Bader Ginsburg I don't yeah. that I she don't does. think I like Kate McKenna. Like I don't think there's I don't understand you as a person it, right now. It's a lot oh of
2: my God. It's a lot of
0: energy and I don't I don't it's good. I mean I I respect
1: it. It's just not over like I I this is something I'm seeking. So Saturday I love night Leslie life Jones has very consistently had like just great women yeah. for a while. The men are also forgettable like Will Farrell was sort of part of the last class. Well no, well, right no, I, now you've got 80 Bryant, Cecily Strong, yep, Kate McKinnon. Leslie Jones is my favorite. Like she's been my favorite for consistently
0: for years, her and Kenan Thompson. But I've been on Kenan Thompson since all that when I was a child and I love it. Yeah, yeah, Kenan I mean, Thompson's good. I like so Leslie, but, but Kate McKinnon is, how can you not like Kate McKinnon? I like, I like some of it. It just, you can also tell like there are certain comedians where like I could tell when you're phoning it in and with Kate McKinnon, I could tell like, Oh, this character is not a great character. So you're just Kate mckinnon it. I go, this is neat. I like it.
1: I, I never get that sense I from do. Her. I feel like she goes balls deep into that stuff. But, but it's sometimes it feels like the same balls deep as last week's balls deep. That's still pretty balls deep.
2: It feels fun. Oh my god. The one, that alien oh, you abduction... Can only, oh, those are, those oh are unbelievable. God, that, that alien abduction sketch that she did where she's just, you know what I'm talking about, that alien abduction one where yeah. she's...
1: yeah. Oh it was, my it was god. Ryan Gosling and he couldn't handle it. It was... I think that was so the first time they did it too. So that was like freaking
2: funny. It's
1: always best the first time, but
2: who yeah. is oh god, I
0: forgot now. Uh part of Trump's cabinet, very small, mousy man. That can plays. Oh, when she plays, um um
2: um oh so you were thinking about
1: um, it too hard and no one can complain. That's up my today. favorite that's my favorite of her character. I love that. He's okay. That's fun for me. I don't like the politics stuff anymore. I'm just tired of it. I'm I'm tired of of Trump, anything. So I wish that uh, they, uh, they do stuff that's so great every once in a while. Yeah. uh, The Brett Kavanaugh sketch was—I didn't like that one. Probably one of the best openings it, I've ever seen. It just felt to note for note the same thing
0: he would have actually said. That I was like, I don't—I'm already scared and uncomfortable. I thought they did it really well. Yeah, I yeah,
2: like. I thought they did it well.
0: I like anything with Robert Mueller because it's like a De Niro bit where I don't feel sad for De Niro. I feel. Right, very that was good. I'm the opposite. I feel so <laughs> sad for
1: De Niro. Oh, See, so here's the thing. I I look at this like you know it's better than Dirty Grandpa. So yeah, that's true. Good for you, <laughs> Me and Zach Efron. Really, both took a step down for for that one. No, Neighbors sucked too. So I'm gonna say it's it's a lateral movement for Efron. To be honest, I just I really love Zach Efron. He is my he's my ultimate. Him and Joseph Gordon Levitt, JGL. Those two, I would cut off a pinky for one night got it How <laughs> I
2: mean, those zach afron's he's sporting some pretty uh i mean have you seen his hair recently he was just that's yeah, real like, weird
1: see i like that i actually liked that he was going around real stoned on all the talk shows he was on kimmel and i'm like get him
2: get him to bed <laughs> yeah i i think he's probably stoned most of the time like he's uh he's a pretty boy he's too as a as a chick i'm gonna tell you He's a little too pretty for me. Like he's pretty to look at, but he's too pretty. Like, uh, he's just uh, like, I don't want to have to compete, you know, for prettiness with, with my guy. Like I, was, uh.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen a hotter otter, so I'm going to, I'm always going to love him. I, uh, oh my God. Baywatch. Jesus is a pansexual. Baywatch was maybe one of the best movies ever made. It's one of the worst movies ever made, but it was the candy best for everybody. Yeah, but yeah. for me, I- everybody is eye candy. Mm, you know what? You know what? Yep. Wording on that. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of beautiful bods in that one. And it was legitimately funny. That was a good movie. That movie was what it needed to be. I'm mostly tired of The Rock, but that was very good.
2: Oh, The Rock. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know.
1: It's too much you know. now. That new it's Fast little- and Furious one it looks like hot garbage. They all look And like I hot love gar- hot garbage, but it's like I enough.
2: And he's the same character. Speaking of the same character, he's the same character. Every Frick movie, like every movie, he's the same. Just uh, just change his outfit.
1: Yeah, I watched Skyscraper, and I wanted to jump off of a building. I forgot that movie existed. (laughs) You mean Die Hard? I mean. Is it just Die Hard? Because it looks like Die Hard. (laughs) Ugh, I hate any movie like that that puts kids in peril. It's like, don't. Don't, if you have to depend on that, then you you fucked up. You didn't make a good movie. You didn't write a good movie. Jurassic Park can do it. E.T. can do it. You know, Super 8, movies like that that are so good. But don't, like, don't. Get out. It it was just bad. And I, I was ready to for a bad movie. I like bad movies. It was just bad, bad, though. Boring bad? Very boring. Mm.
2: Plus, he's fairly Republican in real life. Oh, fuck that guy. Oh. The Rock. I, I know I hate Maybe to Maybe I shouldn't it be political, so but... <laughs> no, I,
0: I don't care. Fuck that
2: guy. I'm I don't so care. I'm so sorry,
3: but... I, know, I mean, I'm ruined, fairly Democrat podcast, and left-leaning,
1: but. I mean, Chris Pratt's pretty Christian. I know people that hate him mm. for being Christian. I don't know if he's really
0: right-leaning or not. I don't know. Uh, that's, what, that's what's like nerve-wracking. It's like, ah, you could... Star-Lord
1: could be... He's allowed to, you're allowed himself. to be I have nothing against Christians at all. No. I am not Oh, one. no, no. I'm just, I'm just... Not but I'm just he, uh, I know people that really hate him for it. I'm just waiting for him to say the word red
0: pill once <laughs> and just find
1: out where he is. Apparently his church is pretty anti-LGBT, but that yeah. doesn't mean he is. I don't see him being that way, but Ellen Page was like calling him out, but she was going on this rampage. Yeah, she like, was. Can you stop? Can you stop? stop it. Cause all her whole thing was like, kids are killing themselves. They're killing themselves. And it's like, maybe we talk about the good stuff too so that they don't just think they should kill themselves. Like the world's a much better place than it was even 10 years ago. Like we all experienced marriage equality becoming the law of the land. It's very recent. So like, let's, let's uplift. But she was like, she was, she was on Colbert and I was like, yeah, I remember that. Get, out Oh of yes. Here. Yeah. She, that. yeah,
2: she really went. Yeah. She really went. Uh, and I don't want to like it. tell
1: someone how to speak for their own voice. You know, I get it, but like, that's, do you think that's helping? I don't. So, um, if you had to take one takeaway from this, like,
0: uh, <laughs> album special is the word I want to use. If you want to take one, uh, take away from
1: the special, what would it be? Brandon? Ellen is very safe. She's very nice. I feel good when I watch it. I don't expect to be blown away, but yeah. I, I love it. Like I'm not going to not love it. Yeah. It's Ellen. I th- I think Ellen. my, I think my takeaway. McKinnon does a very good Ellen. That is true. She does do a great
0: Ellen. Um, I think my takeaway of it is, uh, open up like the, your best jokes are the ones that I think directly correlate to you and pull from your personal experience and you can make anything that's yourself, even if it seems very hyper-specific to you, relatable. I think anyone can spot a liar on stage. Yes. Anyone can spot a liar and anyone can spot something that's just casting a wide net. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Tina, any, any big takeaways?
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, I would agree. I would, I, yeah, that she, she, her best jokes were the ones that when she directly talked about her life and, um, it, and I, I really appreciated at the end when she did do the, the question and answer part and she and she gave that little speech, you know, to the last question and, and she talked about her dream and, and she kind of she did speak about how to keep going you know even when it think, seems think, things seem tough to just keep going forward and that you know that little light inside of her even though things kept getting bad that she just kept going you know even though she lost everything you know and and that she seemed very sincere in that and so i think she's a very sincere person so you know and i do think that she actually does care i just think she's playing it safe because she she was burned so badly before and i completely understand that you know so I just, you know, I, I would like to see her do more comedy. I'd like to see her be a little more open, but I think that she's got a wallop around her just, you know, protection. Yeah. And that's, again, understandable and relatable. And I
1: I think that something that she talked about that may be affected, that was other people getting hurt. Having having Laura Dern there, like, I, I thought right. I saw her like cut off to her during one of the jokes. And I'm like, what the fuck is that Laura Dern? Uh, And I didn't even connect because I remember the episode and her being the girl. And I remembered that because Jurassic Park, duh. Uh, Right. So it was like a nerd thing for me as a kid, but like her and Oprah and other people like just got ruined, not ruined, but like really hurt by it. And I think she might just be, I think that probably may have done some damage too. And it was good that she was able to go back and be like, all of these people that were hurt by it are doing better than anyone who's being a piece of shit about it. Like you heard their names before? No, but you know, these people and they're only better. Yeah. And who uh, doesn't love Oprah?
3: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and Ellen, you know, I mean when Kevin Bacon lost all his money to the birdie made um, scandal, um, that Ponzi scheme. Ellen was the one who came in and and floated him like a chunk of change. God, to, didn't to keep, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah,
0: did. I didn't know that Kevin Bacon lost money to the Muri uh, Bernie
1: Yeah and his wife, uh, who's he's married to um, an actress. She's really famous too. And I can't think of her name. Uh, um,
2: she's the one that played in, uh, yeah, she's real cute too, but I think yeah, they met so in she, a
1: movie where he played a child molester too. the woodsman. I know yep. that they Cara, were in it together, but uh, it is Kara Sedgwick. Kara Sedgwick.
2: Cara, yeah. Yeah, Kara Sedgwick. I, yeah, I, she, she's good yeah she's very good, but yeah, so Ellen is the one who came in, not a lot of people know that and 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 floated them money and saved their asses. so she does help people. she just you know, like I said, i you know, and I don't know if you saw the um the the comics and cars getting. Um, comedians and cars getting coffee with with um, Seinfeld. The episode where he interviews Ellen, and she's mm-hmm. very serious in that interview. She does. She's not yeah. a cut up at all. She's very much an introvert. You can tell that she's probably very shy in real life. And um, and I actually appreciated seeing that. Of her as well.
1: I was so because, ready to hate that show before I watched it. And then I started yeah. watching it, and it's like, well, goddamn, if this just isn't amazing. And <laughs> I love it so much.
2: I love it so much too. Yeah. And it was really, like I said, it was really nice to see that side of her because she's very thoughtful, very quiet, very, you know, it was just seeing her like that. It was so you could see like, yeah, I'm sure it really did hurt her to see her friends get hurt in addition to herself. So again, that's probably why she plays it very safe on stage. So, cause she doesn't want to hurt anybody.
1: Again, if Oprah's getting hate mail from it, I, yeah. love, I just love Oprah. I love what she did on HBO after that Michael Jackson documentary, because I needed her special afterwards. Cause it ruined my weekend to watch that. And then she just came in and just, it helped. Um,
0: so I think the last question I'm going to have is, uh, I think what the last thing we want to talk about, like the last segment, I guess, is we want to talk about, uh, like a little fun fact about Omaha or Omaha comedy. And in Tina's case, a little fun fact about Detroit and Detroit's comedy, I guess. So, Tina, tell us a little, just like a little fun fact about Detroit or how comedy is like in Detroit.
2: Oh, well, comedy in Detroit. uh, We actually have a very vibrant uh, comedy scene here. We have two main houses for comedy. We have the Comedy Castle, which is in Royal Oak. That's Mark Bradley's Comedy Castle. Um, That's one of the main stages in the United States. It's the fourth or fifth most important stage in the United States for comedy. And then we also have the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, which is also um, a very very important stage, um, and then we have a million. You know, just you know, not a million, but um, but we have a lot of open mics. There's also another uh, club up in Waterford called One Night Stands that's uh, been running for the last few months, and that's getting some pretty good headliners as well.
0: How many open mics um, can you do like a week? Since you said, uh, since there's a lot, of like
2: oh, um, if you wanted to, yeah, I would say four or five easily. Probably more because there's mics not only in the Metro Detroit area, but there's mics in the Lansing area, which that's an hour away. There's mics on the west side of the state. That's, you know, Grand Rapids. That's two and a half hours away. So depending on how far you want to drive, there's mics over in Ontario. That's... Over in Canada and that's depending where you live, you know, another forty five minutes just across the, the the tunnel or the bridge. There's I mean there's there's mics people go down to Toledo, that's an hour south down in Ohio. Um so there's mics down there once a week on Thursday nights. So there's yeah, I mean there's comedy all over. Um it just depends. There's comedy up in northern Michigan, up in Traverse City, they have mics um once or twice, three times a week. So a lot of times people will drive up there. There's open mics up in the Flint, you know, Saginaw area. So yeah, depending on how far you want to drive, you can find an open mic. And a lot of these people will get into carpools and just drive and go. So yeah, it's, it's happening and popping here. So yep, it's, it's, it's good. Just, you just have to get out there and and make it happen. So like tomorrow night when I drive, I'll be driving downriver. Um, I'll be driving 40 minutes to get to this open mic and see this, uh, the the audience of a of a drunk old golfers it'll
1: be great i've done a comedy festival where it felt like that i mean it literally was that Where it was just it was a daytime show and it was you're either over 50 or under 12 yeah uh part of i think when we met tina when i met tina
0: we did the paul bunyan and it was a great show Uh, And the early shows were uh kind of catered to a very a uh, specific audience. Yeah. Got to get to
1: the early bird dinner and it was debate. great. Uh, what's uh, a, 30. what's, what's comedy like in Omaha, Brandon? Uh, I don't know. Ask someone who does comedy in Omaha. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've uh, been to a few shows recently and I, I think comedy in Omaha is still in a bit of a flux where it used to be everywhere. And now it's very concentrated in just a couple places. So, uh, but I do know people and have been talking with people about looking at going back into bars yeah, and looking at bars because we have a few new places opening up mm-hmm. and some you could do them in some you can't.
0: So hopefully- I'm talking to one of our future guests, uh, Larry Smith. We're doing a thing in Benson um, where it's just, we had to pay to kind of set up the room, but it's uh, one of the newer bars in Benson and uh, Tony Geist has an awesome show where he's going to combine it with punk bands and rock bands and comedy and just kind of blend the two together and see what happens.
1: And that's always successful. It's
0: fucking always money. Every time. It's
1: always money. People at people at music shows always like, I always hear them like, you know what would make this better? Just stop and do comedy. I need time to go to the bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's it's always a blast and I think yeah bringing it back to show like kind of bringing
1: alt comedy back to Omaha even though it's always Benson kind of needs alt comedy. comedy
0: Benson needs comedy and in fact I think that's that should be on every shitty mural in Benson I, I think I'm
1: going to kind of go back to the Queer Night group and try and get more of
0: those yeah. LGBT shows going so far it's just Flowcase and the
1: occasional show at uh, Barley Barley's I mean like Barley kinda, shows yeah but yeah that's an open mic bar that's not a good show bar no, but I love that stage. It's oh, just, it's, it's
0: the stage. most mosh pity stage, yeah. and I love doing that for comedy. I love a comedy show where I can feel dirty, like that's like not from material, but like I physically need to take a shower, and that's <laughs> Barley Street. <laughs> it's a, it's a good dive bar. Fuck yeah, it's a good dive bar. Yeah, it's the best open mic. So oh, it's the best open mic uh, ever. Yeah, uh, those are great. Those are great bars. Just need more dirty bars in this town. Like every bar in this town is dirty, but no one owns it. Like Barley, I think.
1: I mean, Benson. I, it's it's a mix. It's either too posh or it's a good dive bar. So I love the Sydney. Sydney's
0: Sydney's great. fun. Sydney is that fun with the uh, with a bunch of uh, darts and billiards. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Why I had to mind that's that. Where, that's where I did that queer night show, and I, I had a great time. I don't think I ever saw it when when that. It, we it was only done once, so it was the first time yeah. they'd ever done it. The guy that runs the show, he was fantastic. But the show, like, there were there were growing pains. So we're gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get that in and maybe be at the helm a little bit. Was that before or after Gay as Fuck? It was pretty recent, so it's okay. So after, I miss Gay as Fuck. That was a great
0: show. I do too. You guys, uh, this has been great, Tina. It's always great catching up with you. Uh, I hope the best for you, and I hope to talk to you again, and hopefully at another festival or something.
2: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, and Brandon, you are okay. Thank you guys, and uh, have a great night.